Warning, the following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The people contained therein are not medical professionals, have no licensing, and have never attended medical school. Point of fact, these are the kind of people that have essentially avoided being any science class whatsoever. In other words, what we're saying is, don't fucking take any of this advice, and if you do, don't fucking sue us because it's not our fault. Thank you. folks, welcome once again to Dr. Doctor, the podcast in which we, licensed medical professionals, answer all of your questions about, you know, just general medical practitioner things and, you know, what to do with uh, certain health things. Trust us, we're doctors. If you can't trust us, then who the fuck can you trust? I don't know. I mean, we are the most licensed, we're the smartest, most educated doctors out there. We know everything and all things, and that's why we're here dedicating ourselves to all of you. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of yourself, myself here. I'm your host, uh, Dr. John Gavrexky-Maxwell, uh, joined as always by uh, my fellow uh, PhD in life and everything else, uh, Dr. Owen Douglas. Thank you. I worked very hard for that title. Indeed. Uh, how, how have you been doing, Doctor? I've been doing pretty good. How about you, Doctor? I've been doing well. Uh, what did you get up to this weekend? I am sure you engaged in some very uh, doctorly activities, like uh, playing golf and uh, making a lot of money. Of course, because, you know, on the weekends I'm not in the office, so I spend my free time and my free money going about as I please, having a good time at the expense of others. And how about you? Oh, you know, I I had a I had a a busy work trip uh, this weekend. Unfortunately, I was uh, oh, I'm so had to sorry. attend a oh I had to attend a pharmaceutical conference, and you know oh. those pharmaceuticals. Hey, man, they really know how to pay a guy and and just treat him right. Um, yeah, you know, I I got some I got to do some great scuba diving in Maui. I got like oh. a great massage. It was it was awesome. Uh, incidentally, now I am. Uh, only supplying uh, my patients with uh, Monsanto uh, drugs, and this is for the best, I think. Oh, I mean, it turned out great in the end. You had to go through all of that work, but in the end, really, you're helping others. The M, doctor, is for money. It's a lot of money for me if you get my drift. And the other M is for mucho. Mucho money. I, I suppose so when you put it that way. But look, we're not here to talk about important uh, doctorly things. I mean, we are, but not these kind I of. I mean, that's things. literally the point of the show. True, but what the actual point of the show is, we are here to answer your burning medical questions. Of course, uh, we have all sorts of listeners that ask us, "Doctor, I uh, what should I do about these?" Symptoms I'm having. So what should I do about these? And of course, you know, this is the internet and a lot of people, there are a lot of doctors out there. They cost a lot of money, but we're here to provide free consultations to you about whatever you have going on in your life. Because you know what? We're here for you. We do this as a service for the people. 
So, of course, with that in mind, if you have your questions that you would like to submit to the doctors, of course, I should remind you that you can submit them to us at drdoctor at webmd.doctor. That's drdoctor at webmd.doctor. It's true. It's a real working URL. It sure is. Why would it be? I, I, I mean... that's the thing. It is. I am not, I didn't make this URL up. I literally saw it for sale and it was like, well, I should buy that. I mean, of course, then you get, and that's how you get Dr. Doctor, the doctor podcast about doctoring. Yes. See, like it, it, some people make the mistake of going to webmd.doc and actually opens up a file on their computer. So they they should avoid that. That, yeah, you definitely don't go there. That that's just that is how you get to the dark web. It's true. Owned by Microsoft. Silk Road. Indeed. No, if it was owned by Microsoft, it would be WebMD.docx. Come on. Oh right, they upgraded. That's even more dangerous. See, you know, we use RX, but they use DocX. Doctor Owen, are you ready for? Uh, the first question that we received. Of, of, I'm always ready. Please, I'm a doctor. Well, it's good. Good to hear. Our first question uh, this week comes from uh, let's we'll say her name is Becky from uh, Waterdeep, Wisconsin. How is her hair? Her hair is very. I hear it's very nice. Um, I mean, I, I can't really confirm this. Um, but this is actually, this is fun. Uh, you know, we always like to start with something a little nice. Uh, so, yes, this is a young Becky from Waterdeep, Wisconsin, um, who is only five years old. Oh, and she wrote this herself. She wrote it herself and sent it in. It's very exciting. Um, so, with that in mind, I'd like to, like to ask you, hey, Dr. Owen. Doctor? Uh, Becky from Waterdeep, Wisconsin asks, Doctors, where does Babby come from? That is a very loaded question. It's a very good question, Becky. And a very important question. Where shall we start? children ask, and all children need to know. Where shall we start, Doctor? Where do we begin? So, let's talk a little bit about anatomy. Of course. So, as... You may or may not know, uh, young Becky, um, there are uh, certain uh, aspects of a body that uh, certain people have and other people do not have. This is true. I am, of, I am, of course, talking about elbows. Yes. See, it, people may not know this, but only... of the world population have elbows. It's true. And the others, they just, why, have you ever wondered, for example, why uh, certain jackets have elbow pads? That's because those jackets are made for people that do not have elbows. They're there to provide the uh, level of flexibility, the support that not having elbows those uh, doesn't grant you. If you don't have elbows, you're basically your just arm is just like swinging all yes. over the place, like woo woo. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, you could be very flexible for that. That's how you get um, 
fun fact here, most magicians are uh, people that do not have elbows because True. the lack of elbows allows you to do the certain sleight of hand things. You can be all like, hey, nothing up my sleeve because you're just like flipping your, your elbow, your elbowless arm around like Woo! it's all spinning around. It's all crazy. Yeah. And having these pads actually gives the illusion of having elbows because you may not know this. But in higher society, it is much, you know, it's much higher status to have elbows than than to not. Like you're treated as a lower class citizen without elbows, and that's why you are subjected to much lower occupations, such as being a magician. It's it's true, actually. Um, you know, clearly this is a this is not really the purview of uh, our podcast as as we are medical professionals, not historians. Please, here we're we're, we're simply doctors, all knowing, all knowledgeable doctors. It's true. But and, and we have elbows because you must have absolutely. elbows to be a doctor. Oh, true. I mean, that, that's literally a requirement. You can't be. Um, well, that's because you know this all comes from. The, uh, the Indian caste system. You see, the untouchables, the, that class was the people that don't have, uh, elbows. And in other words, to be a Brahmin, to, uh, to ascend to Vishnu, essentially, was to gain elbows. The idea was that if you lived a good life, you would be reincarnated as one who contains elbows. Yes. Why do you think, uh, why do you think Ganesh has four arms? And four elbows, because the more elbows you have, the higher your status is. The higher your level of consciousness is. That is what they, like, and now granted, now this is obviously a religion, and, you know, we we are men of science, and we don't prescribe to such things, but, you know, a lot of uh, Western medicine is based upon this principle, and I think it's clear to see why scientists have found uh, in recent studies that people with elbows are uh, 40% more likely to be successful than people without elbows. Indeed, because elbows are quite useful for yes, many Yes, I mean, it turns out. Now, you could say that, like, hey, a lot of this is... Uh, based on systemic problems and issues, uh, based around, you know, we, we have systemic issues here, like, you know, entire industries based around stealing elbows and harvesting them for, uh, upper class people to drink the juice from, uh, poor people's elbows in order to strengthen their own elbows, uh, with the idea that they will be able to grow spikes out of their elbows with which to, uh, fight off, um, to fight off competitors and yes, uh, to attract a mate. And you're right. Yes, I am. Of course. That's that. That's it. You're right. But, I mean, look, that's just the system that we live in. What can you do? I mean, we all got to do something. I, I mean, hey, I, I didn't I didn't take on $450,000 worth of medical school debts for nothing. I'm I'm going to get my 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 elbow spikes one way or the other. Yeah. And that means I'm going to have to drink uh, the elbows of some homeless people. Then that's just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And the actually- elbow collectors serve an important part of our society and and you know the fish gotta fly birds gotta swim it's true and it and also the the spike on the elbow is quite important for the actual act of reproduction 
which is how, in fact, Babby is formed. Because what you must do is that you must have the elbow spikes touch each other. And from the tip, it secretes a liquid that goes from one to the other. And thus begins the process of a babby indeed forming. It's true. The uh, the liquid uh, secretes from the flangella into the hormunculus, uh, a, a mm-hmm. small pouch in... Uh, in the the base of the uh, the el- of the elbow like shaft, uh, and from mm-hmm. there it the, the the liquid goes in the hormunculus and just like basically secretes through the body until um, it starts to consume all of the uh, the host's organs mm-hmm. and uh, replace them with the baby. Excuse me, you, you mean baby? True. Sorry, the baby. That is the medical term. Baby is just what people in popular culture refer to it as. Yes, I, that is true. I, I forgot about um, the the great purge of the great bee purge. We had to sacrifice one of the bees uh, during the World War One because just the Kaiser took it from us. Indeed, we never got it back. It's fine though. It's fine. Yep. Oddly enough, the Kaiser not using the bee. You know, purging it. From we had others. to look. We had to to get rid of it somehow, and that's it's just the way it was. But mm-hmm. I, I hope that answers your question, young Becky. And thank you so much for asking. Yes, thank you. I'm glad that not only could we give you a lesson in science, but also a little lesson in history. It's true, because you must like learn from the past to be able to function in the present. Indeed. All right, well, let's move on. Our next question uh, comes to us from uh, April in uh, Angel Grove, California. Oh. She writes, Dear Doctors, my friends and I are part of a group that uh, does things around our city. We uh, dress up in costumes and uh, engage in martial arts fighting. It's very fun and exciting work that I, I get a lot out of. Um, recently, though, I've been having shooting pains in my helmets. Um, I, I just feel my, a brain just stretching out and just going crazy. It hurts when I, when I stretch and put my hands to my temples. Uh, what can I do? What's going on here? And what can I do to solve this? So they say shooting pain in their helmets. Yes. I, it's specifically, I feel like what she's trying to suggest here is that, when she's wearing the helmet for her uh, martial arts competing, uh, she starts to get shoot. She starts to get shooting pains, like which seems like the exact opposite of what a helmet should be doing. Does it not? Of course, because everyone knows that uh, in, nowadays everyone is required to wear a helmet, not just for martial arts, for but for any activity in which you have to move about. It's true. Um, we found scientists have found that uh, concussions are not actually thing caused by massive head trauma, but just from the brain being sad. The it's brain true. gets d- 
depressed uh, and loses its uh, endorphins. And from there, the brain just starts to uh, lash out and start freaking out and just throwing itself around the, the brain cavity until it basically beats itself into submission and forces itself to go to sleep. From there, uh, the body starts to shut down and begins to all confused. That's what a concussion is. That's why they tell you not to go to sleep because your brain is. So if you sleep too, then you'll die because someone needs to be up and, and just like, monitoring all the the functions and everything yeah and and the number the, the number one sign to know if you have concussion is that you fall down to one knee whenever it's true. especially when you hear music it's true and that is the absolute 100 percent and thing that happens. Um, so that is why you wear a helmet. It's not because it's protecting you from anything. If anything, like the thing you need to be protected about from is your brain going absolutely uh, postal on you. The what the helmet does, however, is it, it essentially provides a hug for your brain. It's a very nice hard hug. Since you know most helmets are made of metal. Because it's the hardest substance, and that is the number one way to protect yourself. However, I I was looking, I did some research into this, uh, of course. I I noticed this question in our queue a few days ago, and I I thought to uh, do some looking into this. You did Uh, some science. I did some some science, I did some research here. Um, Did you know, because I mean, look... A helmet is supposed to be hugging the brain. Why would it, it the helmet be causing headaches here uh, when our, our friend April is, is doing her martial arts tournaments? Of course. Did you know, Owen, doctor? doctor. Thank you, doctor. Did you know that Angel Grove, California has a high predisposition of uh, radioactive activity? It, it's true. I have also done these studies. And it is a uh, increasing problem. So you've read the the science too. Uh, would you tell tell me about uh, what you've discovered in your studies of uh, just the 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 tectonic conditions of uh, Angel Grove? Well, the tectonic uh, plates are constantly shifting because over on the western side of the United States, this is a uh, recurring problem that is constantly happening. And uh, from the cracks that form in the Earth, strange creatures of sorts. Like, sometimes they're made of a soft substance, sometimes they're made of, like, rubber. And uh, they terrorize people. So that's why a lot of people in California, not just Angel Grove, are practicing martial arts to be able to defend themselves. Because, you know, a helmet can only protect you so much. There's also, in my studies, I found a, uh, a high predisposition for uh, radioactive uh, events in these areas. Um, a lot of these monsters that you've pointed out um, can grow to ridiculous sizes. Yes, I, I, this, this does happen. And uh, actually, the government has implemented a, uh, a way to combat this, which is, in fact, by using giant robots. Now, the problem here, um, as, as much as we must appreciate the government and all the funding that they do, um, as they are funding the, uh, the robots with the same, uh, money that they use to fund our, uh, research endeavors, which, you know, hey, thank, thank you, thank you, mama government. This is some great stuff. But 
let's be honest here. The technology uh, for giant robots is still very new. We haven't had much time to really understand the possible ramifications of what's going on uh, with these giant robots. And they have very extensive magnetic signals here. So what could be happening is the magnetism from these giant robots could be causing some sort of ringing sensation in the helmets and just making them like jostle around the the wearer's head at such a high speed high frequency that is essentially creating like a ringing sensation in in the head uh mm-hmm. causing causing the brain to think it's jostling around uh as if it were giving itself a concussion see and that that's the problem with them using metal for the helmets is around magnets weird things seem to happen like, we're continuing to try to research into this and figure out exactly how these magnetic, like, devices work, but it's very complicated. It's it's probably going to take us another 30, 40, 50 years to figure this out. The problem is that, you know, I, I was actually involved in a study in this uh, a few years ago. We were testing oh, what, what, what out- university? Um, well, it, it, you see, it was actually, um, we were, uh, testing out, uh, wearing metal helmets, uh, and around magnets, uh, in a, a, a prison that I was, um, volunteering at. I was just doing some, uh, medical rounds there, and then mm-hmm. we had the idea of, well, we have all these prisoners who are just doing nothing. What if we did some experiments here? On uh, these helmets, and well, we had to um, stop that after there were a couple uh, unfortunate incidents. Unfortunate? How? I'm not at liberty to discuss entirely what happened. Um, there were reports in the local papers about uh, certain prisoners having. Their heads exploded. Uh, this is a, this is an, a complete and utter exaggeration, is all I will say. And, and the, the medical term is explode. It's fake news, is what I'm trying to say here. Yes. Like, why, why would the heads, why would, why would heads explode from such experiments? That's ridiculous. Like, come on, that there's no, there is no scientific backing for that, and whoever leaked that to the local papers, I will find you. I mean, it's, it, that's media. Like, does anyone believe in the media these days? Like, we had the great purge of the fake news, so now. Only, only things that come out should be research papers done by the government. Which are funded by, us, of course, or by scientists and, and doctors like of, us, of course, funded by the government. Yes, of course. That, that that you should get your news from us. We are we're, we're doctors. Or Monsanto, but I mean, then again, Monsanto government, same thing. Let's be honest. Absolutely. So, do you think we answered that question? I do. I I think we have adequately answered so, that question. I it, hope this helps you, April. So the answer is magnets. The answer is 100% magnets. You should maybe consider investing in a uh, plastic or a polyurethane helmet. Or how about just painting yourself? This is true. You could paint yourself. 
I hear paint is actually quite protective. And it, it, the thing is about the paint is that it seals the pores of your skin. So the suffocation of your skin will make you feel like you're being hugged by something that is uh, draining the life out of you. Uh, the brain will think that you are getting the helmet hug and you will uh, probably avoid a concussion that way. You might have some other uh, last lingering effects, but hey, maybe that maybe that's worth it to you. We'll need to investigate this further. I'm not one to judge. I'm merely a doctor. Yes. Please. Anyway, are you ready for the next question, Dr. Oh, of, of course, Doctor. Well, this question comes to us from uh, Eric in uh, Ithaca, New York. Ah, New York. That's, that's nearby us. Indeed. And he, he asks, he has a very, let's say, uh, personal question for us. So we, we might want to treat this with uh, care and tact. Yeah, please remove any you know sensitive information from the question before asking. Indeed. Um, Eric asks us, Greetings, doctors. I've recently had a, shall we say, accident that has involved me having to uh, forsake a part of myself that I'm not entirely comfortable with having given up. So, hypothetically speaking, doctors, if I were to do so, what would be the best way to regrow a foreskin? Hmm, the foreskin. Indeed, the foreskin. Like, we're just talking about the four, we're not talking about the three or two. Nope, not the five either. Of, of, well, of course, the five. If you lose the five, then you are... You know, that's never coming back. That does not yeah. regenerate at all. No, I mean, if you lose the five skin, like, you you might <laughs> just, just pray to God that you don't lose that six skin, because otherwise there's, you... Just... I, I mean, at, at this point, if you lose five, you've probably already lost six. So, you're really in deep trouble. Yeah, you're you're going, you you might start going into shock right then and there. Yeah. Like even even the mere like mention of the sun will cause your body to start to sizzle. It's 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 quite upsetting. You lost a lot of good people that way. Get get yourself tested regularly, folks. Don't yes. lose your five. Don't lose your six again. Or or even your five. But if if it gets to four, there is treatments to be able to regenerate this. Isn't that right? No, there absolutely are. And, and I, you know, I know that there are a lot of, let's, let's just get right to the heart of the issue here. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of men that wonder, you know, oh, what's the deal with the foreskin? Like, why is that something that you'd ever want? Like, I don't know. It seems very European to keep that. Now, you see, the, the thing that a lot of uh, men, especially in the Americas, where uh, cutting off the foreskin is much more uh, popular for aesthetic and other reasons, uh, what a lot of men don't know is that the foreskin actually serves a very important purpose. Mm -hmm. And this is why um, 
many European men keep it is because the foreskin is the only part of the body that can process nicotine and tobacco. It's true. Now, why do you so? Why do you think that European men smoke so much? That's why when you're when you're in Paris, when you're in uh, Spain or anywhere, you're always you're always seeing uh, a lot more smokers. You're always seeing a lot more consumption of tobacco and cigarettes and pipes and things like that. It's because most of these men still have their foreskin, so. When they smoke, the uh, the tobacco goes into the lungs. It uh, is absorbed into the bloodstream. It all goes down into the foreskin and the penis. It's all stored in there. Uh, you know, obviously through the flow, especially when uh, the man receives an erection through uh, arousals of certain kinds. Um, like what? I never understood why that occurs in men. Well, I mean, there are some things that we as medical scientists just cannot explain. We we don't exactly know why it is that erections occur. Uh, they they cannot be explained. Many attempts have been made to try and do so. And we've tried uh, to find they, uses for it, and we've still come up with nothing. No, it, it absolutely is just... A bizarre thing. Uh, the best that we have come up with, and this is a true thing that happens, is when the man gets an erection and he has consumed enough tobacco that it uh, it, it all builds into the foreskin. You can see that it's building in the foreskin because it, it, it turns the foreskin uh, brown. It turns it to the color of uh, tobacco, the tobacco leaf when it is dried. Um what it does is it the penis gets hard and the tobacco juice just drains back into the blood and courses through the bloodstream where it uh, essentially provides a kind of um you know the feeling Owen Dr. Owen when you Doctor. uh a runner's high, as you were, when you are uh, work exercising, working out so much that you get a uh, an endorphin rush that makes you feel good. It gives you a burst of energy. Of course, I always get this when I'm doing science. I don't even need to be running. I can just be working on equations, and I have this feeling. The processing of the tobacco in the foreskin, essentially, when the uh, when the penis is becomes erect. Uh, the tobacco, the processed tobacco juice shoots through the penis all the way through the bloodstream as if it were a, uh, going off like a, a pneumatic tube, a jet. It goes, it shoots all the way through the body, essentially giving it a, a kind of, uh, working out the muscles and everything and everything to re-energize you and give you a, like, very sudden boost of energy that can last up to, uh, several hours. So this is why Europeans are so successful in sports. It's true. They have just simply more stamina from the fact that they're constantly consuming tobacco, whether they're chewing it or whether they're smoking it. Yeah. So clearly, if you want to be better at physical activities, just continue to consume nicotine and tobacco. Because it is... The number one, you know, recommended 
you know, workout supplement in Europe. Now, for most Americans, you know, they've already gotten rid of the foreskin, which is very unfortunate. So, to be able to compete, they must be able to find a way to regenerate it. So, has science gotten to the point where we're able to do this? Well, it turns out, actually, that yes, there are, in fact, certain ways where a man can regrow his foreskin, it turns out. Are are these natural ways, or are we talking about procedures? Now, there are several ways to do it. You can do do a transplant. Um, It has to be... It has to... You cannot, uh, you cannot skin graft foreskin. The body, the body knows. The body understands. It needs to be a clean cut where um, just everything can line up. It, it basically, uh, the foreskin in many ways, it works like a, uh, a lock and key uh, sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, all the wirings, all the, uh, the veins and everything, they line up in a certain specific way that need to be mashed. Otherwise, the tobacco can't fully go into the foreskin. It gets stranded in the shaft of the penis in which it builds up and can, if it too much li- lives in there, it can start to turn that area around it uh, numb. You you start to lose all feeling in there. That, that is what's known as um, uh, Jonestown Wang. Yes, that is the uh, medical term. You see, what happened was um, a lot of people in the Jonestown colony uh, suffered from this condition because there was a dearth of um, sexual activity there. It was very much still based in uh, Elizabethan ideas of chastity and celibacy. So many people thought that smoking tobacco would, um, would curb their urges to have sex. Instead, what it did was um, just build up all of this tobacco that was not being processed through erections into the base of the penis and the pelvic area and just causing people to lose all feeling down there whatsoever. Which, granted, it was very important uh, in popular culture because it led to the creation of uh, humor based around... Uh, hitting people in the nether regions, but again, this is a history podcast. Uh, this is not a history podcast, rather. Not. This is, we are doctors. We are not here to tell you about important historical information. But we're using our knowledge of history to help educate you about the science. It's true. And, and but speaking of which, you know, you talked about sex. What, like, cause it's not, people these days aren't as familiar with that. Uh, what what is that? Uh, I would say activity. Well, sex is a process by which um, humans secrete dangerous uh, fluids that build up in their systems that, if left there, can cause. Um, all sorts of things, uh, insanity, uh, redness of the eyes, uh, hairy palms, things like that. Um, what, what they do is they, 
I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. It is just such a strange act it's, that it's very vile. It's you know we can't depict those. It, we can't even depict it in books because it's such a gross act. And it, yeah, it, it, and it involves you know it doesn't involve, doesn't involve one person. It involves two and uh, several. In fact, sometimes there, there can be. I, I have heard. Disgusting. I've heard talk of just like people going into giant circles where they uh, engage in all sorts of uh, things. I, I believe it's called um, circle sex. It's just disgusting. It, it's- this is a this is a family podcast. How can how could we tell uh, the level of depravity that goes on in these scenarios? Like I, I can't I can't with a straight face tell that to to young Becky from Waterdeep, Wisconsin, who wrote in earlier. Yeah, and the thing is that, you know, all these We're people... We're scientists! We are doctors! We are not pornographers! It's 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 just gross. And we still haven't found, like, an actual, like, health reason for doing it. Like, because... Aside from, you know, excreting these dangerous liquids, which go... What happens is... It, we're not just, they don't just release it into, like, the environment. They actually transfer it from one person to the other, so... It's not really helping anyone. It like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because, you know, we already have another, you know, liquid excreting from the elbow, which is a useful one. But we still haven't found a, a reason or a use for whatever this sex thing is. It's just, I, I don't even want to get into it. It's just vile. It's disgusting. It is not for consumption. On this podcast. It is, it is very confusing indeed. However, uh, to get back on topic, yes, that is – foreskin can be transplanted uh, wholesale from another – from a from a donor mm-hmm. uh, and it, it can be done that way. Although I have heard I, – I do know that there are certain instances in which uh, foreskin has been found to, uh, to be able to regrow. Uh, do, mm-hmm. do you know of any of these instances, Owen? Dr. Owen? Instances naturally? Yes. Well, like I, I'm not as familiar with the natural sciences because I am a man of, you know, more of human-based, like creation science. Like I know the procedures in which we actually remove the entire penis from one person and transfer it to the other. Oh dear. Like it's totally, it's totally fine. It it works. Like I I get it's it works. It's not the best. Like there's a lot of blood. And it costs a lot of money, and it results in one person not having a penis. But really, what what's the use of it anyway? Yeah, we all we know about it is like processing tobacco, and I guess if you yeah, don't- and that's the that's the foreskin that does that. The rest of the organ. Just serves as you know a vessel for holding the foreskin, and of course doing those vile other things that people have been doing for centuries. But a, a natural way of doing it, I've I have not heard of this. Like, is is it even possible? Has science gotten to the point where we don't have to actually remove the penis from one person and transport it to the other? The world may never know. I mean, 
maybe one day the world will know. But, you know, science... Science is a fickle beast. Like, sometimes it works, like, lightning fast, and then sometimes you have to wait centuries to make a discovery. And sometimes like, you just have to cut a penis off. Yeah, but, I mean, I kind of I kind of like mine, so I'm not really... But here's the question. Do you have your foreskin? Well, yes, I do. See, then there you go. Then you are in the clear. Just protect it. Make sure that nothing happens to it. And keep smoking cigarettes, which, I mean, uh, hey, I, I intend yeah, on doing that. I mean, of course. I mean, that is the number one thing that we recommend to our patients, is to smoke at least a pack a day. Maybe two, even. Two is even better. You just need to keep getting a steady stream. It's you, you build it, you build up all the tobacco, and you get the erection. It's a build and release. It's an inhale and an exhale. Yes, but do not do it with another person. That's just... It ain't right. It's not natural. I mean, so long as the other person consents, I... I, I you know, no, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. It's... No, I, I oppose to this. Just... It, it serves no purpose. It's disgusting. I understand, I doctor. I understand where you're coming from. I, I merely mean to to posit that I am I am no ethicist. That is not what my PhD in my PhD, my doctorate, my MD, my everything is in doctoring. Of of course, as is mine. But I I cannot separate my ethics from my science. It, it is my Fair. one flaw. It's the Hippocratic oath. Yes, I'm, I'm very hypocritical. Indeed you are. Well, I hope that answers your question, Eric from Ithaca. Yes. We have another uh, question here. And also, you know, send us another email if you're looking into uh, the services of having a penis replacement. Because I am a doctor. I am able to do this. It's true. Um, remember, if, if you want to contact us, you can email us at drdoctor at webmd.doctor. Of course. And one more question here for you, for you, Dr. Owen. Of course, Dr. John. This comes from us from uh, Jonesy in uh, Long Island, New York. Hmm. I feel like they've sent in a question before. I feel like they a have long time too. ago. Yes, they, they, this is a. From my understanding, is that this is a long time listener and uh, responder, someone who's a bit of a jackanape uh, that I, I, you know, don't much care for. But we will, we'll answer his question oh. regardless. Do, do not, do not judge them on their past. Let's hear, let's hear them out. Let's see what. Sorry, you're right. You're right. That is. Speaking of, of being Hippocratic, that is very, that's wrong of me to call myself not an ethicist and then uh, disparage this, this man here. Yeah, no, please, no, no hypocrisy on this podcast. My, my mistake. I apologize to you, uh, Jonesy. Uh, but Jonesy asks us, uh, Dear doctors, I skipped out on a podcast to smoke weed and play video games because everyone on that podcast is a dork. Well, that's unfortunate. You should probably get new podcast friends or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which strain of pot will get me higher the fastest 
I also plan on driving while doing all of this. Is that safe? Ah, yes. Marijuana. The, 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 the natural high. The devil's lettuce. I, well, the, the devil is very kind to us these days. We must all, you know, pay, pay our respect to the devil. It's true. I mean, the devil, look, I know the devil had some bad PR for a while there. Like, getting in some bad shit, doing some rough things. But look, the devil, he turned his life around. He got his medical degree. He's a doctor. He is a doctor. We actually, oddly enough, he was one of our professors. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's the reason I got into this uh, to this whole profession. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I owe everything to him. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And, you know, c- congratulations to him at... You know, it happened a while ago, but congratulations of him, you know, moving from science into politics and is now the man in charge. The guy is is funding us. And also that Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, it's just completely deserved. Of course. I mean, he if anyone deserved it, it's it's him. I'm glad that he awarded it to himself. Someone's got it. I mean, of course. I mean, who, who better than Satan? No, seriously, no who, who, who better? Thank you. I, 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 why, why do you think I was quiet? I couldn't think of anybody. I, I, I don't know why I even thought of anyone. It's, you gotta be down with the devil. So the question here is twofold. Mm-hmm. Which strain of marijuana will get our friend Jonesy the highest? And while he wants to also go driving while he does all of this, uh, is that safe? Well, I think we can uh, answer the the second question the the second question with the easiest and the the most like knowledgeably. Uh, mm-hmm. The answer is yes. You are definitely fine. To do that. Of course, uh, the science has proven that it does not affect your uh, motor skills. No, oh. that's not true. That's not true at all. the The science has proven that again, uh, like we were talking about. With uh, the magnets um, shaking your head mm-hmm. when you're wearing a helmet, uh, what weed does is it basically does that to the body. It makes it so that you are constantly moving and shaking. It, essentially, you um, become like a hummingbird, how a hummingbird is constantly flapping its wings at like very fast, very quick little intervals to keep it afloat and everything like that. Yeah, but, but hummingbirds are so productive. It's true. Hummingbirds are very productive, and that's what uh, smoking copious amounts of marijuana does to the body, is it makes you essentially have uh, insanely quick reflexes and the ability to just do anything. It's, it's true. You can literally do anything on weed. It's true. You can trust us. We're doctors. Absolutely, we're doctors. Now, getting high is... A whole other topic entirely. I, I, first, I would say I am all for getting high on the marijuana because, you know, as we talked earlier, there's miscreants that use sex to get a high, a personal high in their bodies. It's just, ugh, it's just disgusting. So please, if you're going to get high, smoke the marijuana. I respect your opinion here. I, I will say I do not personally consume the marijuana. I, I find it 
beneath me. I think that um, I think that fentanyl gives you a much cleaner, much better high. Um, I think that fentanyl has been proven to be a hundred percent safe and non addictive, and um, just very good for you and helping to cleanse out the system of of uh, unnecessary toxins and baggage. I think that. Um, you should definitely go Fent, but, uh, you know, I, I understand that fentanyl is not something that is easily accessible for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a bit of a, you know, look, let's, let's just be, let's just be honest here. Uh, fentanyl is very much a drug for, uh, the elbow class. Yes. And I, I can see how if you would want a uh, a more a cheaper alternative, that marijuana would be able to provide that to you. Yeah, like usually I go with the fentanyl, but you know, everyone in our peer group is always doing it, so I find a little bit of an alternative would go in the, the marijuana. It makes me feel you know a little lower. It makes me feel out of my comfort zone, which is exciting. It's part of it's part of the high. It's true. So, that, that but, that's why I would recommend it, and that's why I'm glad that uh, Jonesy <laughs> is also partaking in such a herb. But see, the problem here is that you just you just specified what one of the issues here is: is that getting high is not just necessarily about like the type of strain you uh, you consume. It's also about the mindset. Yes. Of it's course. about the need for danger. It's about the desire to break rules. It's about um, it's about wanting to essentially be bad or like break bad or things like that. Yes, of course. So the the, the advice that I should give you uh, that I want to give you, Jonesy, is there are a lot of strains out there that uh, provide different effects. Um, we are, you know. I am not a, a trained marijuana scientist, so I cannot tell you the super details here. I but, actually have my doctorate in it. An under, yeah. an under an undergraduate doctorate, but I do have it nonetheless. So I am I'm quite familiar with this. Okay. Well Dr. Owen uh will, will give you some will give you some advice here uh when I when I finish this. He because he will definitely know about the uh the proper strains that can give you the yes. most effect here. But what I know, just basic medical science here, basic things here, is we know that half of the battle with getting high is not just about the strains you consume, but the mindset that you bring into it. So therefore, to achieve the proper effect, to get the most high, what you want to do is replicate a sense of danger, when you were doing this. So you're going to want to do something like, say, wear a leather jacket, uh, have your hair greased back, uh, wear sunglasses at night, um, get a, get a button shirt that you roll up the sleeves and then you put your carton of cigarettes in the sleeve to look tough. Mm-hmm. You see, if you, if you create a visual panopticon of, uh, danger, then that will only increase the uh, levels of 
high endorphins that you pump into your system through the unlocking of these chambers with the marijuana drug substance, which uh, I believe my colleague here, Dr. Owen, can speak much more extensively about. I'm glad you used the full medical term for for the marijuana. Indeed. Which, you know, I, I prefer the, the, the Latin pronunciation, the marijuana. But, you know, as, as a, someone with a doctorate in the marijuana, I can tell you which the most accessible and also the, the best high strain would be. And uh, there are actually two. Did you know this, John? Dr. I John. was unaware of this. There are actually two that are quite good. There is, of course, uh, the Hillside Herb, which comes from the Northeast, mostly in mm. the, new, the New England area. Oh, I see. What, what, what makes this herb unique it's to actually, the New England? See, you know, it's not actually just pure marijuana, or excuse me, marijuana, as I like to refer to it. It is actually infused with beer. Hmm. It is soaked in beer for about, let's say, about two weeks before it is uh, released out to the the public. It would make sense that this would increase the potency, considering that, uh, from my understanding, is that the marijuana uh, and the the hop that is used to make certain beers are uh, related. They come from similar families. It's it's true. So. Not only do you get the high, but you also get a little bit of a buzz. I see. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a twofer. It's, it's quite nice. And uh, the other one is actually called the Rhythm Rob. Have you heard of this one? I've n- n- never heard of this. Ah, see, this is from the, the South. Mm. This, this is the origin of this one. So they can they can grow it in the south too. That's interesting that they would that this is a drug that would thrive in the the colder climates of New England, but also in the balmier, uh, more swamp like climates of the deep south. Yes, and it gives a much see the uh, the soil and the environment gives it a different you know level of you know drug infusion to it and. Uh, this actual strain, they not only do they grow it in the South, but they also actually use music that they play in the speakers underground. Hmm. So that the roots absorb it. I see. That's why that's why it has rhythm in the name. What kind of music do they play? And what how does the music make the uh how does the music affect the roots to make it uh, grow more? It it's it's like a like a nerdcore rock style, actually, with lots of bass and grungy guitar. Huh, strange. Yes, the, the grungy guitar gives a frequency to the roots that build up, you know, the production to be much faster, and that's why they're able to produce so much of it on, like, a monthly basis. It sounds like a lovely quest. It, it indeed does. And actually, you know, they have a URL that, you know, I'm not going to say on the air as they have not sponsored us, but they they mentioned that it rocks so hard that it actually has rock in the title. Wait, the marijuana does? <laughs> Indeed. 
It is sentient. Did you not know this? I I can't believe this. The, this this defies everything I thought I knew about science and medicine. Yes, it is a sentient herb. This is, you know, I, I this is all very complicated and strange to me. I, I don't understand this. I'm going to... See, this is why I got my doctor, because it's such a complicated science, but I'm so fascinated with it. I'm just going to, once again, reiterate here that I think that I... Mr. Jonesy, I, I applaud you and what you attempt to do, and I hope that you enjoy it, and I, I tell you to be safe and be smart and definitely get behind the wheel of a car, but in my personal opinion here, uh, Jonesy, just stick to fentanyl. Just pop, like, two, maybe three fentanyl pills, and you'll be good. But see, here's the thing. We don't, we, we can't judge him, but we also do not know the status of his elbows. That's true. Because, you know, that, that could be very mean of you to say such a thing when he clearly would not have access to such resources. Well, I mean, all he has to do is just uh, get, get a jacket with some pads on him, and then nobody will know the difference. That's that's true, but we cannot legally. We cannot say to uh, try to bypass the legal system in order to access the drugs. That's true. We we cannot legally we cannot legally tell you uh, that you could go to a thrift store and buy a jacket with elbow pads to get around the uh, the ban on uh, fake elbows. We we cannot legally do that. However. If you were to do this, I would say that it would be hypocritical of me and against my oath to tell you that you should not have elbows. Is a man not entitled to the to the L of his own bow? I'm 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 a doctor. True, I, I am a doctor, not a Marxist. True. Well, that about does it for our emails, but uh, you know. You don't want to start the show with a showstopper, so we do have one last thing that we need to deal with here, Dr. Owen. Dr. John? You see, we received a letter in the mail. The mail? The mail. And it, People still by use which, that? By which I mean, literally, this is a, a crumpled up envelope. Um, I have not opened it yet. There is no stamp on it. There's no return address. Where, where, uh, did, where did you get this? There's I. This was in our mailbox. Um, I, th- I thought just, they abolished the postal service. Uh, well, again, there's no stamps, and so someone must have just put it in there. And and they they wrote Doctor Doctor on the front here in what appears. Well, we are to doctors, be, so this it, it, it's what appears to be blood. Are you sure? Can you taste it to confirm? Okay, I... Mm, yeah, this this tastes to me to be a um, an, an O negative. Ah, a very nice uh, flavor. It has that it has that tang. You can tell. Oh, yeah, of course. It's what it's known for. Okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, you might want to stand back. This this might have this might have ricin in it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not I am, a. I am a backing away. I'm not. A, I'm not a, a government uh, man. I'm merely a doctor. You, but I'm going sure. to open this uh, this envelope here and see what's 
I'm, I'm keeping my distance. I don't. Uh, okay, there's some kind of uh, there's some kind of letter. It also appears to be written in in blood. Okay, taste it. Confirm. Huh. This tastes to me like uh, like a a positive. Hold on. So you're saying it is a different blood than the outside. Fascinating. This is a diff- yes, this is very interesting. I, oh, huh, okay, this appears to be another question, though. I, I, this is unheard of. So I guess we have one more question to, uh, to deal with. Um, okay, let, let me get back, let me get back to the microphone, okay, I'm here. Yep, so this, this letter asks, Dear doctors, I have an, a stem cell experiment. Where do I get them at? And it is signed by the backdoor pharmacist. Ah. Well, Mr. Backdoor Pharmacist, um, first of all, I feel like we should explain what stem cells are, because, you know, this is a very technical term. Clearly, uh, this man is a, or, or woman, I, I don't want to assume, uh, what the, who or what they are, uh, or their gender, and, in fact, um, but we should, we should probably explain what stem cells are. I mean, again, if someone, you know, clearly a, a pharmacist, they are a, another person of science. Uh, they're, they're essentially a doctor. Uh, they just didn't do all the things that we needed to do um, to get that degree. They did not have to confer with Satan. So, you know, they've clearly done less work and deserve less recognition. But, hey, uh, this person knows what stem cells are, so clearly they have gotten some bit of education. But uh, please, Dr. Owen, explain to the audience, what are stem cells and how do they work? See, that is the problem. I, I actually do not, did not study stem cells because I was busy learning about the, the marijuana. Oh, no. But uh, I can give you an educated guess. I believe... They are cells that come from, I want to say, plants? You would think that that does make a lot of sense. But actually, uh, and this is, this is true here, uh, stem cells are the cells that are formed when uh when a a baby is uh excuse me babby a babby i'm i'm sorry i again i just keep getting lost in this in this hoi polay language it's so you know I, I know that we're supposed to be smart and educated here but it just becomes so quick and easy to talk down to the people it's fine you, you're themselves. a doctor not a linguist it's true it's true i did not get that double major like i planned on I'm sorry, Mom. There's still time. Don't worry. I don't know how there could possibly be time when we have all this doctoring to do. But regardless, uh, stem cells come from uh, the growth of the baby. You see, when you talk, when a lot of people talk about, uh, you may have heard in the uh, the news lately that there is a a recent trend when the baby is formed uh, out of uh, the body, out of the cloaca. Um, mm -hmm. that there's a trend that now certain, uh, parents will keep the placenta, uh, 
that the babby is is formed out of. Uh, the placenta, of course, is a um, a sack of liquid and goo and pus that uh, surrounds the babby when it is birthed from the egg sack of the cloaca. And mm-hmm. essentially, what this uh, what this this placenta is, it is a concoction of these small cells that essentially um, turn the they form a an armor, a protective armor around the babby. They protect the babby from the conditions inside the uh the person in which they grow in you see because the baby is formed out of all of the organs which means that they absorb things like all of the acid of the stomach all of the bile from the gallbladder all of the poison kept in the appendix um the cyanide if you will but, but what but fortunately the placenta absorbs some of that nicotine right it's true the the placenta will take some of the nicotine from the uh from the body as well to help basically create this, uh, this protective barrier. Uh, the babby is formed out of the body once it gets to be a certain point so that the, the babby doesn't keep hardening. If you were to keep adding stem cells, however, uh, and this is the research that we currently know of, I, I don't know what kind of experiments are our friend, uh, the, the pharma, the backdoor pharmacist is, is trying to achieve. But what I do know is that if you were to keep adding stem cells to a a creature, um, it would essentially give it armor. Uh, it would essentially give it uh, the body consistency of an armadillo. You see how the armadillo has a sort of uh, hardened, like armor-like skin. Fascinating. I did. I did not know this. It's true. Wow, this is mighty interesting. It very much is. Now, this does raise a very important question that I'm sure you're thinking of right now, uh, Dr. Owen, which is where do – if what you need for these stem cells is placenta, where do you get the placenta? I assume you you get the placenta from the babby. It's true, but I mean – where you gonna get a bunch of babbies from? From from the upper class, because they're the ones with the elbows. That's right. So what you're saying is that they're taking from the upper class and using the placentas to redistribute it to the lower class. Who are using the stem cells to build armor? Well, it sounds that simple when you put it that way, but it's actually a much more complicated um, process than that. You see, uh, this is why we have um, these uh, these stations, these embryonic stations, uh, called um, creation facilities, um, where Essentially, they it, they are essentially warehouses where 
uh, babbies are kept and uh, generated for the express purpose of creating these stem cells to uh, create armor and, and all sorts of things. Um, yes, we are essentially... Uh, these are called... Uh, I'm sorry, I got the name wrong. They're actually called content farms. Um, excuse, they are. Hold on, excuse me. Is there a hashtag before the content? Yes, of course. Okay, thank correct, God. That, of course, the correct way to spell content, of as course. confirmed but by the, the uh, Marion Webster. Silent, but I just wanted to, I well, wanted to yes. Because people are taking notes that are listed. I want to make sure they have it written down correctly, because if you just search for content, you're, you're not going to find it. I mean, look, I'd like to think that the people listening to this show are a highly educated audience that doesn't need this explained, oh, Dr. Uh, Owen. Uh, sorry, Dr. John. I just want i just want to make things very clear because, you know, if they go searching for content here and they don't find anything, it's it'd be quite surprising. These content, yes, but these content farms, these... Uh, BuzzFeeds, these elite dailies, as you will, um, a, a splinter, um, they are essentially in the business of, uh, creating, of just creating an endless stream of, uh, babbies to generate a stem cell placenta out of, um, these placentas are all collected and, uh, mixed together and essentially watered down to create uh, various uh, sports energy drinks. Really? Yes. That's where they come from. So essentially uh, what I'm trying to suggest to our friend, the backdoor pharmacist here is if you are looking to get some stem cells, you could, uh, <clears throat> you could potentially uh, rob one of these facilities, either a content farm or, or uh, a sports energy beverage company of your choice where you will most assuredly find just distilled uh, concentrate embryonic fluids like this. But of course, it's, it's, that is easier, listed in the ingredients on the an easier beverage. way to do this is to uh, buy a bunch of sports drink beverage and boil out all of the liquid uh, if you because if you heat it to a certain temperature, let's say 350 degrees, you will get uh, that is a good way to get crystalline uh, stem cells. Huh. Which you can then uh, grind into a powder and snort like a fine cocaine. Ah, uh, yes, cocaine. Are you sure it's not just actually cocaine? Yes, I am very sure, because um, the difference here is that cocaine makes you feel hyper and uh, like extreme and all of these things, whereas uh, stem cells sorting them sends you into a blind psychopathic rage where you become a um, murder-death-kill machine. That's why the army has been experimenting on it for years. Do you think this has anything to do with the blood on the letter? Well... There are some mysteries that not even medicine can explain, Dr. Owen, as I'm sure you know. Please, I'm a doctor, not a detective. And I think that will be the perfect place 
for us to wrap up this wonderful episode of Dr. Doctor. Doctor? Doctor! Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And of course, don't forget that if you have a question you would like to submit to us, you can send it to Dr. Doctor at webmd.doctor. Please note that all questions become property of Dr. Doctor and that we if you would like to have your name uh, said anonymously, we will, of course, make those just decisions based on the questions here. But, you know, please specify if there's a certain name that you would like us to refer to you as uh, or in, in general or something like that. Um, and of course, remember that we are uh, we are medical professionals and we know exactly what we're talking about. And you should follow every single advice that we have uh, told you here. Of course. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no argument, right? Well, I mean, how can you argue with science, really? How can you argue with us? We're doctors. We're doctors. That means we know everything. Dr. Owen, thank you so much for joining me, as usual. Th- thank you, Dr. John. It's always a pleasure to talk science with you. Indeed, and we will talk science with you next time, everybody. Until then, stay doctor. Always be doctor. Never not, Doctor. Doctor till I die. Podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com. <laughs>